men rising up to end the silence around us about the chains that bind us, to dispel the darkness of illusion with luminous spiritual technologies, to finally become the hero within us all. This is Arise, the Honest Man's podcast. I am Karuna Avatar Das, as with me as well. Of course, as always, is my dearly beloved co-host Jai Jagannath Prabhu. And uh, we have very esteemed with us, guests with us today, Damudar uh, Ro, who's joining us again for the second time. Welcome back, Prabhu. It's lovely to have you with us. Thank and you. Um, then we also have Chaitanya Charan Prabhu joining us for the first time, a most esteemed guest, and we're really, really honored uh, to have him. Prabhu, thank you so much for agreeing and giving us your time. Um, it's really, really wonderful to be here with both of you, Prabhu. So I just want to uh, do you justice and, and, and give you an introduction, beginning with Damodar Prabhu, who is a writer. He's a personal coach that places particular emphasis on journaling and uh, mindfulness and then he's also a caregiver to the elderly with dementia so definitely a very multifaceted personality um, he has incredible passion for what he does I've actually also experienced some of his personal coaching and I was I was really um, I was really moved by the experience so we're really looking forward to your insights Prabhu and then uh, Chaitanya Turan is a monk He's a mentor and a spiritual author. He uh, did his electronics and telecommunications engineering uh, degree from the Government College of Engineering in Pune. Uh, then he subsequently served as a software engineer in a prominent multinational software corporation. He travels all over the world from Australia to America, giving talks on spiritual subjects in universities such as Princeton, Harvard, Stanford, and Cambridge, and also companies such as Intel, Google, Amazon, and Microsoft. Um, he's also the author of 25 books, uh, author of the world's only Gita daily feature, wherein he writes uh, a daily 300-word inspirational reflection on a verse from Bhagavad Gita. Till now, he has written over 1,700 Gita meditations that are posted on GitaDaily.com and are read daily by thousands from all over the world. He also uh, answers questions by seekers on his site, thespiritualscientist.com, where his over 3,500 audio answers and several hundred articles are available. His articles have been published in many national newspapers, including Indian Express, Economic Times, and Times of India in the Speaking Tree column. Uh, he's a member of ISKCON's leading intellectual body, the Shastric Advisory Council, and he is the associate editor of ISKCON's global magazine, Back to Godhead. So certainly an immensely qualified personality with us today. We are very, very honored, Prabhu. Once again, um, so thank you so much. Let's let's get right into it. <clears throat> yeah, we got the, I titled it, sorry guys, if you haven't been finding the title so awesome, it's just because I've been in the last few of them and I'm not really clever about it. But um, I titled this episode, Transforming Chaos into Order, The Transformative Power of Journaling. And why I chose that title, well, I have a question about that that we'll get into. But the subject matter of today's podcast is about journaling. Um, and so I'm going to start with a very basic question for both of you. What is journaling? Like, how do you conceive of journaling 
and why do you find it important? That's a, that's, we're going to start there just so we can have definitions that are clear what we're working with here. Okay. <laughs> Chaitanya so, Charan, we'll, we'll start with you. Okay. So I'd like to start with something. Thank you, first of all, for inviting me here. You know, I've seen some of your podcasts and very stimulating discussions. And I feel that it's an honor to be here with you. And journaling is a topic which is I have found very enriching for myself spiritually. But before I move on to journaling, I would like to just give a brief background of how I personally found it. Okay, discovered yeah. it. If that's okay with you. Yeah, definitely. So can you see this PowerPoint here? Yes. So, okay. Basically, I conceive of spirituality as approachable in three distinct ways. So textual spirituality broadly refers to studying the texts of the spiritual tradition. For example, studying the Bhagavad Gita, the Bhagavatam, mm. and then looking at, okay, what does this verse exactly mean? How does this verse connect with the next verse? What are the sections? What do the specific words mean? What do the different commentators say about this? So that's a text-centered spirituality. Mm. Then there is traditional spirituality. So by that, what I mean is that the texts have been taken by various traditions. And they have developed their own uh, practices and uh, we could say principles. So now there is definitely an overlap between the text and the tradition, but still traditional spirituality means, okay, we need to uh, develop faith in these, these, these ideas and we need to make this, do these practices. For example, in our tradition, chant the holy names, worship the deities. We can talk about the five potent principles of bhakti. And there's a lot apart from that so which the tradition by seeing how things can be best suited for people, that's traditional spirituality. Now in today's world, when people say that I want to become more spiritual, they are not really interested in any particular text per se. They're not really interested in any particular tradition. What they are interested in is developing within them values that they consider spiritual. Mm. So, for example, maybe becoming a more, gaining more emotional stability, maybe gaining a, a greater self-mastery or learning forgiveness, learning broad-mindedness, mm. or especially finding their own meaning and purpose in life. Now, all these are in one sense implicit in the text and in the tradition, but they are not that explicit. Right. So, overall, uh, the way I try to share spiritual wisdom is and I focus on the application part. Now within the tradition, for example, application would mean start chanting Hare Krishna or start worshipping the deities. But that is not exactly the application that seekers are interested in. For them application means, okay, how does it add value to my life in terms of the values that I value? I'm playing with the words. How does it add value to my life in terms of the values that I value? So how does it going to make me more forgiving? How is it going to make me more introspective? Especially one big thing in spirituality today is people want self-understanding. I want to understand who I am better so that, of course, I can find my mission in life or something like that. So when I was uh, studying our texts and especially I started exploring contemporary conceptions of spirituality. So I found that among the various practices that were there, 
there is mindfulness and i have studied and i present uh, bhakti wisdom in terms of mindfulness also but i found that journaling was a practice that was the most empowering practically and at the same time it was untapped in terms of connecting with our spiritual tradition mm. and whatever books i have read on journaling till now and i have read quite a few i find that they all give very good insights about self understanding but there is you could say no tangible model of the transcendental self which underlies it mm. so cliffhanger <laughs> I thought he was just pausing to adjust um his PPT Okay well we'll, we'll just we'll just give it a moment Damodar Prabhu is this a scheme that you're familiar with that that uh, Prabhu has just presented us with in a more informal way yeah um <laughs> mm. Starting a, on a really personal, like universal, non-sectarian kind of note, and you can have a really wide audience for that. Mm. Right, 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 right. And at the same time, you can be rooted in your tradition and influenced and inspired by it. But Chaitanya was really a genius in this whole department. No, he has a very good way of. There's a there's a cool word taxonomy. You know ta this word taxonomy. Taxonomy means like the ability to categorize things, hmm. and all Indian philosophical traditions are very much into this practice of taxonomy, like categorizing things and breaking each category down to further categories. Yeah. And yeah. he's very he's very good at that to you know convey a yeah. certain a message well we're, we're gonna wait from the plug back in but maybe we can hear your story um to you know your story to, into journaling and particularly what is it for you and why do you find it important sure i mean i've been journaling for a long time i <laughs> i got a bunch of journals here like from high school and important times in my life but um Recently, it has taken on that more spiritual component, like um, Chaitanya Charan Prabhu was just talking about, where there's a sense of having a um, transcendent self, of being a conscious being, having a human experience. Mm. And that's where the mindfulness idea comes in, and just recognizing my thoughts and giving them a space to just flow and be expressed and understood and then seeing like okay that's just like a you know content going through my mind but it's not who i am mm -hmm. and then you kind Do of, you... go ahead well, no, no just like in accordance with that like you know really just letting your letting your thoughts and your mind and your inner world flow for myself i find a primary catharsis or or you could say like processing um release in in my dialogue with friends and those who are dear to me and advisors and mentors yeah. and like really expressing my mind vocally do yeah. you think that there's like would you say that these two ways like being with yourself being with your journal doing it privately and writing as opposed to like sharing with people would you say that they are equally powerful and important 
and necessary um or would you say that the one is categorically more powerful and and, and more necessary than the other i do both and find them very powerful i guess the difference i'd say is that when you're journaling it's it's like uh, in science you isolate a certain phenomenon to study it so when there's no one but you and your journal it's just really all you and there's no influence of like well someone's going to read this or yeah you know, yeah but the th you know i i was journaling quite a bit last year through lockdown and like um or not quite a bit just like once every few nights before i would go to bed i would just like write down the like really dark inner web of my you know dark night of the soul freaking covid being yeah, and um <laughs> but i just i just i had this thought when i was doing that that um like oh my god i i i actually i wouldn't really want my kids to read this one day but also <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna get rid of the journal. Like I'm gonna hang on to the journal. So it's just mm. kind of like a matter of time before someone sees it. You know. I guess Have you ever like had that thought? Them, huh? <laughs> yeah, but like, like. I uh, I definitely <laughs> when I was I got into journaling at the beginning of 2020, and I often write my journals as like a letter to God. So I would open it up like, dear Krishna. And then I would just, as if speaking to Krishna, and I found it to be very cathartic in that way. But I was yeah. like really divulging like everything. And I mean, there were a few like high points, but a lot of it is like the dark stuff. And after I completed one booklet of the journal, I was like, I'm gonna burn this. Cause if anyone finds this, it can end me immediately. <laughs> and there was like, there was it like that discomfort around someone discovering the contents of my yeah. inner world, which isn't so pleasing to. Yeah. It's almost but like if we're you're... talking about this like a downside, but it's actually a big upside because we need a space to vent that stuff. Right. Totally. Totally. Just one thing though is like Jai, if you're if you're journaling in the mood of like addressing Krishna, like don't you have some sort of like formality or some like kind of some that like tinges the way that you express yourself? Or like, do you find that you can just be like totally I have, vulnerable with? Christians? I have a I have a demonic birth, so the <laughs> the need for, for formality doesn't really come up in my head when I'm talking to Krishna. I mean, one of my first stories, um, one of my first remembrances in Krishna consciousness is I'm about a month into the movement. I go before the deity of Jagannath, and I want to go to Jagannath Rathayatra in New York, but I don't really have that much money to travel. So I go before the deities in Chicago and I stamp Jagannath Baladev Subhadra. We have a Jagannath Baladev Subhadra deity there. And I'm like, all right, I hear that you guys are God and, you know, I'm, I'm still working that out. But if you are God, could you hook a brother up with some money so I could go over to. And that was like literally how I would converse with the deities. And I've I found that throughout my years, my means of communication has been more or less like that. I mean, a little bit tweaked when I have like specific times for a formal approach, but my genuine approach is just like kind of very natural. It's probably like Sahaji or whatever, but it's, I, that's the way I, I feel that I'm able to express myself most authentically because I'm not gonna be able to do that in front of others exactly in that particular way. And since Krishna already knows what's up, might as well just, so that's, I kind of would write my journal in that particular fashion when I was right. able to keep it up. 
anyway, so I, I guess coming back to this, this question, like the importance of it, I, I've heard some indications from Karuna Avatar just now and maybe yourself also. Hey, guys, and I also want to say um, there was a big storm and where Chaitanya Charan was at in India. So his internet had only come on an hour before the podcast started. And we <laughs> we actually got on a half hour before to make sure the connection was okay. And it was working like flawlessly. And sure enough, once the podcast started, now we've had this trouble. So we don't know if he'll get be able to come back on because of the storm and electrical problems that are going on in India, unfortunately. Um, if he's not able to come back on, though, we'll just do a part two where we're able to journey, um, talk to him also. But right now, we're going to just you know, carry on the conversation here with Domino's got to say to us. So, yeah, I want to hear about this importance question also. Like, of course, again, a little bit more clarity of what is journaling for you as you've come into that and why is it important or why how, how, how have you found it important? I like what you were saying earlier. Like, we're so distracted with social media, we lose contact with our own inner world. Mm. and a big part of spirituality is just developing richness in your inner world. Wow. So that's what you would call as why it's important as a yeah. means of coming kind of in contact with the self. Yeah, like I think of um, Viktor Frankl's book where he says that the people who survived weren't the ones who had the most... He was in a concentration camp. Auschwitz. Right. He said the people who survived weren't the ones who had the most food or clothes, but the ones who had the most sense of inner meaning and purpose. Mm. Um, and we're, our life nowadays is totally not like that. Like we have more than what we need to the point where it's like too much and we're just yeah. distracted all the time. But yeah. we lose that inner world, you know? Yeah. But that's, that's, that's the thing. That's like a big thing for me is that I feel like I have so many external distractions, like so many external engagements and things happening on the outside that um, it's difficult for me to to go in because like journaling, journaling is like, I find it an austerity, you know, it's like, it's not, it's not, it doesn't flow. I haven't reached like a state of flow yet. And so then like, I have two theories about that, and Domino, I'm very interested, just coming back to, I have two theories of why it's hard for it to flow. And the first theory is definitely connected to our engagement with the digital media world. Like, what does flow is checking my Instagram. You know, there's like this meme where, I, I, I saw this meme where it's like, I closed Instagram, and then it says, brain, now what? And then it says me, and you're going back on Instagram. I don't know if you've seen that, <laughs> seen that meme. So that's that's one obstacle to flow. The digital media uni, you know, universe pulls us away from ourselves. That's one problem. And the other problem, I forget this quote from who who has said it, but I often refer to it in my or in my meditations, that the greatest misery that man suffer is from their inability to sit in a quiet room alone. Um, I forget who says is a very, he was also some sort of Catholic, I think. Um, so the greatest misery man suffer is their inability to sit in a quiet room, to or be alone, yeah, sit in a quiet room alone. And so that's the other problem that causes an obstacle to flow to like something like a journaling practice. On the one hand, I'm being pulled away from myself from a very seductive digital media universe. On the other hand, I'm a little afraid to sit with myself 
because I don't know the implications of what that means. And so these two elements make it very difficult to actually build some sort of practice that makes you go inward, like a journaling practice. So I'm sure you may have discovered that for yourself also, Dominar. How did you like deal with that? Or how do you deal with that? How do you overcome? I think these are like two big obstacles that are not small ones to overcome. Being social media pulled away from yourself it. and being scared to be with yourself. These are like I'm two huge obstacles. Yeah, I think that the beans like, like Prabhu, really personally, you know, <laughs> not like how you think you should, but like, how do you actually? Okay, we're like getting real here. Yeah, we're getting real. <laughs> All right, thanks for letting me know. <laughs> yeah, I think the fear of being with oneself is actually the deeper root cause of the distraction. Mm. And we're all experiencing that. I mean, talking to personally, like I have an entire binder here of like people's like revealing their hearts and minds and like really getting into it. And that's a lot of where I speak from is my mm. own experience, but also the shared experience of other people. So you know, we could talk about the fear of being with yourself. We could talk about ways of journaling that make it more um, accessible and um, effective. Well, let's, let's let's start with the overcoming the fear of being with yourself. Since you're saying this is probably at the root of why we allow ourselves to be distracted so profoundly, how yeah. do you, on a personal level, or how do you guide others who are dealing with that fear very viscerally to overcome that so that they can, you know, sit with themselves and journal. And like, what is, what is the process that you take someone through or that you yourself go through? Yeah. To, well, to usually overcome? we're kind of like, there's like the surface manifestation of the problem. Mm. Like I'm not content with myself. So I'm like seeking these distractions or I've got this habit, bad habit or that one. And that's what we notice first. And we don't actually make the connection, mm. you know, that it's escapism. Um, and so if you just kind of dig under the surface a little bit, you start getting towards the thing you're avoiding. Um, I was, how, yeah. How does that manifest for you, Prabhu? Can you give us an example of something that you'd experienced in, in that, in that regard? Well, I mean, since, I was like 12, it was like, my friends were like, hey, check this out, you can see naked girls on the internet, <laughs> you know? And you think it's like the coolest thing ever, at least I did, you know? Um, but, you know, like, then I'm like going through this trauma in my life where like, I don't feel safe at home. I don't mm -hmm. feel supported by my parents. I actually ran away and never went back. <laughs> Sidebar, so I feel like a totally a white person thing to do. <laughs> I'm sorry to say. Oh my <laughs> God. I'm, just, I'm making light of it. I'm sorry. Not to make light of a very serious thing. Just, um, I, I definitely wanted to run away. Yeah. Many times. I mean, I, I, I am being serious that. and like, I've got some serious trauma. Wow. And those, those things connect where it's like, mm. my brain is hardwired, like stress, anxiety, sex. Mm. And like it stops even being about sex, it just becomes about like pain management, right? Um, but over the and I think as a devotee, there was a lot of um guilt and shame and thinking that it's actually about lust, mm. and then like the frustration, like you know, I'm engaged in the spiritual process, the book says like it's supposed to just go away, 
automatically and it's not happening. Over the last few years, I've kind of dug into myself a lot. Mm. Um, I've spoken to friends and attended seminars and just been in a really vulnerable place. A big part of that's been journaling and I've been helping other people too. And um, I've, I'm, I'm now seeing how this whole thing works and I'm getting out of it. Mm. So you want to talk about getting real? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Prabhu, have you, have you, um, do you feel like you've sufficiently managed to process the trauma of like such a, you like such a huge thing happen happening to you so early in your life of like leaving home and just all the consequent experiences um from that and everything that you dealt with before have you do you feel yeah like do you feel like you've dealt with it all sufficiently it's definitely a lifetime thing but i've been really proactive about it um in the last couple of years I, I started receiving weekly coaching and just like really talking about the stuff that makes me shake. Mm. Like the, the kind of stuff you don't want to deal with. Just to use an analogy, I was at the temple and, you know, beautiful temple room, beautiful deities, beautiful kirtan. And then I'm like going around like, where's my service? You know, where's my service? And I found this closet that's just like the place where people dump the stuff they don't want to deal with. And I was like, okay, that's my service right there. And I just got in there and I just started like getting rid of the obvious garbage and organizing things, finding valuable things that are just lost in there and giving them a place. And so that's kind of my nature and what I've been working on with myself too. It's like you can function without going into that closet. You can go mm -hmm. about your life and no one's going to mention that closet. No one's going to be like, hey, you need to deal with that. They're just like, we need you to show up to work. We need you to be the husband or father. We need you to be the friend. We need you to pay your rent. But no one's like, hey, you need to deal with your stuff. <laughs> um, but when we do, it just creates such a transformation in how we experience life and, and how we feel and how we can connect with other people. So I have this. Um, <clears throat> I'm, still, I'm still trying to eke out a little bit more in this area of building a practice you know, overcoming the obstacle of being afraid with yourself and building some sort of journaling practice. And maybe this might be a good time to insert how I came up with the title of this episode, Transforming Chaos into Order. And because the, the way, I guess the way that I conceive of journaling right now, um, and I probably got this from some sort of Jordan Peterson book or something, but the idea that in the, in the Christian- the title. <laughs> huh? That's literally the title of his book. So. Oh, really? I mean, I only know the 12 Rules of Life one, and I've, I've read oh, that that's particular uh, one. Oh, okay, okay, okay. But the, the, anyway, this contrast of chaos and order comes up in a lot of places and a lot of books that I'm reading that deal with like male sovereignty and wellness and so on. And the idea is like this idea of like language or like the logos, because I think in the Bible it says something in the beginning there was the logos, you know? And so this divine language is what is like the organizing principle of the universe, yeah. um, which is very interesting, which is not totally dissimilar to how we present, you know, first there's the manifestation of the Shabda, you know, from the breathing of Vishnu. And then after that, the creation comes. And then it's in, that Shabda is invested in the heart of Lord Brahma. And from the investment of that language in Lord Brahma, he knows how to like 
you know, be the architect of the universe. So there's some, there's some connection there. So the way that I conceive of journaling is like, there's this chaotic inner world, like the voices in my head are many and they're chaotic and they're bewildering and they're, they're benighting. Like they cause darkness to fill the mind. And there's like a lot of potential that's inside there, but unless I can bring order to some of that chaos, that I'm not gonna have intelligible thinking. And if I don't have intelligible thinking, I'm not gonna be, I'm not gonna have anything actionable to do. And, and if I don't have a clear aim in terms of action, then I'm gonna be easily arrested by these external seductive forces and so on. So kind of the way that I think of journaling is like logos, you know, using language to transform the chaos in my mind into order. And so how does one, yeah, so I want to build, I wanted to build up more from, from your own experience and also because you've worked with a lot of clients where you're, you're using this technique. How do you help them build a, a journaling practice and how, how do they, yeah, what happens to them when they're going through this practice of, do you actually experience that transformation of chaos into order and so on? This is kind of the idea that I'm working with in my head at least. Yeah, I'm noticing current avatar with like the expression on his face. I'm I am also that. noticing that. I, am <laughs> I was, yeah, I was just like actually in a completely different space with you right now, Damodar Prabhu. Like I felt like I was really there with the experience that you'd had. Mm. And I almost feel like obviously what you've experienced in your life and and the trauma that you'd gone through has compelled you to mm. take the direction that you've taken and i think that it seems natural to me that through everything that you've worked through and let's say the chaos in 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 perhaps your external world which then you internalized so so obviously those experiences compelled you to to enter into the line of work mm. to help others deal with those things because you know how it feels and um i was just like really there with you in in your space what you've what you've gone through and i was kind of hoping to to unpack more of that experience and how that how your experience as a human being um, has brought you to this practice and and like you know the power of it and sharing it with others um, and and I just always feel that like the most powerful way to learn about anything is to learn from people who have gone through the thing and done it themselves you know so that was just really where i was and then i felt like you know we we headed into a more sort of like into a different space and i was still just very much there and kind of like trying to I like, well, like i think i think they're connected connected yeah how do you okay so you've you've experienced trauma this chaos has entered into your mental world and that has compelled you to amongst other things start journaling and so how does that how did that journaling experience allow you to transform the chaos that had entered inside how did that journaling allow you to organize some of that chaos in a way that it didn't sabotage your life and it allowed you to grow so the two ideas are actually very deeply connected in there like how did that journaling experience allow you to organize that ex those experiences in a way that could be useful for you and not sabotage you yeah absolutely
Um, at the heart of it all is the desire for me to use what could have defeated me for mm -hmm. my success. Um, yeah. That's, that's what's most in my heart at the core of it all. And um, there's a lot of chaos there. There's a lot of um, pain and confusion, a lot of um, experience of betrayal. Mm. And like you said, Jai Jagannath Prabhu, when you're carrying that stuff around, you know, our actions are coming from our subtle body, our thinking, feeling, and willing. So when there's chaos in that area, then there's also chaos in my actions. And so I've just spent so much time being overly dependent on other people and um, having a chaotic life where it's like things seem fine and then it just crashes. And I'm like, you know, trying to recover and going over here and there. Because you're like in an external environment, depending on others, which places you in an artificial situation and you just don't have control over your circumstances like that. Yeah. Yeah. Artificial. It's not really um, attuned to my growth and and needs and i think that's also part of avoiding your inner world it's like okay well i'll just get someone else to tell me what to do <laughs> yeah. yeah my favorite yeah, that's well that's cult you know that's like that's actually like for, for me that's a really really big thing in my life right now like i'm facing a ton of complexity and like really big decisions that I need to make. And I'm, and I'm, and I'm finding a lot of chaos in my inner world and difficulty making those big decisions. And I tried to make decisions by myself and it didn't go well. You know, I, I intentionally didn't go to others who would usually help me to make decisions and it really didn't go well, you know, and that sort of like brings me to a conclusion that, you know, we, we need others to help us make decisions. You know, like we need to, we need to defer. We need to have more, more, more guidance from those who know better. Because there's always someone that knows better than you, right? In I your agree. Life. And at the same time, it's ultimately your responsibility. You make the choice. Like you choose yeah. to do what the other person tells you. And if someone gives you bad advice and you follow it, it's your fault. Yes. Just, I just want to say yes. I'm, I'm thinking of, um, you know, the one of the final phrases in Krishna's Gita, 1863, where he says, He tells Arjuna to do as you like, you know, but you deliberate fully on what I've said. And you, you know, if you come to the conclusion that you do as I like, but you still have to deal with the repercussions. Own it. You got to own it. You got to own your decision. You to, uh, like you made yeah. that decision to accept yeah. that. Don't blame me. <laughs> yeah, that's powerful. I really also connected with what you'd said about like taking that which could have defeated you and using that for your success. I really, really connect with that because it's like, I sort of see myself balancing on this really fine, like razor's edge of like, I could very well go into a dark direction, um, but somehow or other, I'm like able to proceed, um, hopefully, and and like, you know, trying to, trying to head towards the light. So Prabhu, like those things that could have defeated you, 
why didn't they defeat you? Like, what what made you move past, break through? And I'm interested. Can I? I want to amplify that question with just saying, and how did that translate into writing specifically? Like, yeah, how did that translate? Yeah, into writing, into journaling. Yeah. Well, honestly, when you ask that question, Karuna Avatar, it takes me to a very personal, emotional place. Mm. And you asked me, what was it that made the difference for me? And it was people that I love and respect and trust telling me that I'm a good man. Wow. I really feel that. That's the thing, like, I have a lot of, not a lot, but like a handful of people in my life that like, I deeply love and cherish and that are like immensely, like unconditionally encouraging to me, you know? Yeah. And they just somehow or other believe, they just keep believing in me. And that's what keeps me going. Yeah. So I, I I completely connect with that. That's for me. It's like an in- idea of inherent value that's covered. It's not like yeah, I'm good. You know, like I'm perfect. You know, it's all about me. I I choose to see any um, good qualities that I have as gifts that I'm responsible to use well, that I could lose just as easily. You know, like even the capacity to understand myself and others, be empathetic or insightful, it's just a gift. And um, I'm really as good as how I use it by my own free will. Yeah. Yeah. But like, that's the thing. Like, when you recognize your gifts right like if you become cognizant of what your gifts are and like you know what you can bring to the world but you find yourself being disconnected from your ability to do so like it's like you know what you can give but there's almost like a glass ceiling between you and your ability to translate that into action you know like like how do you how do you how do you make that connection it's like okay this is my potential you become aware of your nature but then like really manifesting it like like how much of what you feel you have and can give are you able to manifest and how do you manifest it as you asked that i, I get the sense that you're thinking of your own experience absolutely <laughs> could you be more clear what you're thinking of when you ask that question? Like, for instance, I have certain, um, I have a certain idea about like how I should be going about my daily life. Um, like in order to succeed fully, like in the long term, right? Like, like for instance, I know that in order for me to have like a perfect day where I have enough time for everything, I need to wake up at 4 a.m. Because I take long to chant Hare Krishna. So if I don't like start super early, then I'm I'm screwed, you know, then then my day practically begins at like 
11 or like noon if I don't wake up at four, you know? So like, I know I need to do that. And I know that I need to, I need to do exercise daily. That's super important for me. I've got like a rajasic body and energy. And if I don't do that, then, and I also know that I need to eat in a particular way or like not eat in a particular way. Right. Um, and I know that, like what what else is there 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 are there are yeah, these practices I know where you're coming from now. you know you know what i mean yeah. and then it's kind of like but like most of the time cuz you were saying that you were in this you were in this kind of environment of or you were in this situation of like being overly dependent on others being in a situation that you can't fully control like all of that um i really relate with that because i find myself in a similar situation so it's continuously and, you know and, and then you it's have so your much own harder particular needs in nature that like if for me like chaos to orders like i have taken responsibility to create an environment for myself that suits me and the same would go for you like you have particular needs and if you're just signed up for someone else's program you're not gonna be able to do that and you're not gonna be able to be, able to take care of yourself and be your best self yeah um yeah. but bringing journaling into this um i have a journaling exercise that i do with people and it's kind of journaling like they're actually talking and I'm writing down what they say mm. and then I can send it to them afterwards. And we've actually done it um, before you and I. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I remember very well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so like so much of the time we're like in performance mode, you know, like here's the formula for success. Um, here's imperfect me. I'll just force imperfect me to go through these motions. Oh, my um, God. That's, that's like our strategy but yeah. i it actually makes me angry like it's it's so impersonal like you think of someone else doing that to you and how you feel about it even if it's something that's good for you you know it's like do you care about me or you just have like some control obsession that you're taking out on me um so like a great journaling exercise is just a dialogue between the different sides of your personality. We've got that idealistic side that's just like, yeah, like 4 a.m., finish those rounds first thing, then I'm going to work until like 8 p.m., and then I'm just going to read Krishna book and go to bed. Bam, success. And then you got this resistance side that's like, oh, yeah, <laughs> great plan. <laughs> <laughs> it's just laughing because it's like, yeah, I'm not intimidated by that. I'm here to stay. <laughs> I'm, I'm here to stay. You know, go ahead, try that. You know, it's like it's almost like um, raising your inner child. We try to be in a paradigm of like my better self. I'm just going to act on that, and my lower self, I'm just going to like throw it in the trash. You know, just get rid of it, and it doesn't go away because it's yourself. <laughs> You can't, you can't escape yourself. There's literally nowhere you can go where you can escape yourself. So it's wherever you go, just remember that wherever you go, you have to take yourself with you. Yeah, <laughs> eternally. Mm. Yeah. Like in Krishna consciousness, we learned that that principle is eternal. So <laughs> that lower self we don't want to deal with. It's actually. We have to like understand its needs, have compassion, and lead it, and mature it. 
So, like, the same tendency can come out in a better way. That's an interesting notion. I, of course, in the taxonomic sense, you know, of thinking of the soul from the body. Can can you just, Prabhu, can you just say uh, what taxonomics mean again? The word taxonomy is like the basically the breaking down of a subject matter into different categories and and, and then subcategories. Okay, 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 okay. Um, so you know, we know we think of you know the body and the soul, and the soul is eternally pure and all of that. So right. what, what I'm hearing is like when we're here in this world, we always are carrying these two sides of us together. The um you know, that's called the shadow side is one and the the more sattvic side or the, the the heavenly side. And they're always together, actually. You're not going to be able to actually destroy one side in favor of the other. So what I just heard from you is like something like a, you have to learn how to integrate it. Like you're saying, be compassionate. Yeah, can I interrupt you there for a minute? Yeah. We think of integrity as perfectionism. Okay. Like here's the absolute best standard you can follow. Dude. I should do that, and anything less than that means that there's something wrong with me. That's exactly the thing, bro. But the real mean mean of integrity is parts working together. Hmm. Like a bicycle has integrity because the gear's in the right spot, the chain's in the right spot, the pedals, the handles, and it works. It doesn't mean that it's like the epitome of perfection. Okay, but, but question, like the lower nature is inherently lower. So, like, how do you take something which is dark and, like, pulling you down and, like, actually utilize it or put because it... desire or... is separate from what it becomes invested in. And we conflate the two and try to get rid of them both. Mm. You know what okay, I'm saying? Can you... Yeah, yeah, please unpack that. Okay, so, like, we all have human needs. We all have spiritual needs, too. And those tendencies get misdirected and invested in things that aren't in our real best interest. And we keep our desires invested there while trying to throw the whole thing out. We're throwing out the baby with the bathwater. You have to extract the desire by understanding what's the need that's drawing me to that thing. You know how I'm, what I, what I, here, I'm going to reflect, you know, when we say lower nature, just using the language of our family, lower nature means like something like tamasic or maybe perhaps something rajastic. And we normally just tend to take it as like bad. Thomas is bad or, and Rajas is bad, but they're not, they're not really intrinsically bad, so to speak, but how they're used makes them better, better good. Like you need Rajas to move. You need Thomas to sleep. If some ter- some tyrannical government is there, you're going to have to manifest a lot of Rajas and Thomas, like destructive energy to deal with that. When Arjuna is like slaying cats on the battlefield, there's a lot of Rajas and Thomas involved in that, in that process. Yeah. So I'm just trying to using the same idea. It's not sure. really inherently bad, but how it's invested. And so learning how to integrate those parts that could be very destructive or rajasic, you know, in ways that they're not actually destructive. Yeah, and like coming back to the bicycle, there has to be a part that's hitting the floor, right. the wheels, and it's going to be dirty, and it's mm-hmm. not as clean as the handles or as important, but you need both. And so similarly, uh, like, we have so many different parts of ourselves, and there has to be a place for everything with 
the vision of where we're going, mm. like a path forward to where we want to go. And that's integrity. Mm. So now bringing it to this idea, how does journaling help us come into a state of integrity or how have you experienced that? Like, I really want to, I really want to understand this because um, I'm a type of guy that manifests big brother energy my whole life. It's since it's my karma. I was an elder brother biologically. When I was in the ashram, I was just slightly older than everyone else. So I was the big brother there. When yeah. I came over here People to New York, huh? People are drawn to it too. Like you're charismatic. Yeah. Like you so I got groups to make things happen. Yes. I got a lot of that energy and people are stepping forward and asking me for mentorship. And I'm just like, I'm just like, I'm just a big brother, bro. I'm not trying to like give guidance to anyone or really coach anyone, but I'm starting to think that as I get older, cause I'm not getting married and I'm not having kids. And so I'm thinking of ways that I have to contribute to the community of devotees. If I'm not going to contribute by giving kids, which I think is, this is a personal thought. I think that's one of the most important contributions you can make to a society is to give children. So if you're Definitely. not going to do that, you have to have other ways in which you're making a meaningful contribution. Yeah. And so I'm starting to think about mentorship. I'm like older, I'm, get, I'm, in, I'm getting into the late thirties now. And you know, so some more of that Vatsalya Bhav is coming up a little bit. Like I need to actually like maybe take care of people. I do take care and the, but kind of in a very hands-off way. I'm thinking a little bit more hands-on. And it feels like journaling is going to be a really important part of something that I need to do for myself and something that I would probably guide others to, to do. So I'm, I'm really interested to know how stepping into integrity, as you've just described it, which I think is a very, really wonderful way of thinking about it, like different parts working together, yeah. you know, shadow and light and so on. How yeah, does journaling help us step into integrity? How does journaling help us step into integrity? I just also want to yeah. say that, like, I'm always, I, Jai has the big brother energy. I've got the little brother energy. Like, I've always been the freaking, like, little brother or, like, the, <laughs> like, junior kid in the equation. So we balance each other that. out. Yeah, I'm so frustrated, bro. Like, that's why, that's why <laughs> I made, I'm like, I'm frustrated too, bro, from the other side. I get a little frustrated. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. I made a yeah. like really stupid decision recently, and that was because I got frustrated of like the little brother constant situation and like deferring to other people. But then I realized that I'm just I'm just always going to be a little brother, and now I'm now I'm totally at peace with it. So, anyway, um, back to the question. Well, that was loaded. <laughs> <laughs> You're just like, here's all my stuff, and okay, let's go over there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, I, you know, I just like we we need to answer Jai's question because Jai yeah, wants yeah. to talk about journaling, yeah, guys. Man. Like this yeah. this episode <laughs> is supposed to be about journaling. Okay, Come on, Karuna, here. stop interrupting the journaling <laughs> episode. God, no, it, okay. it's uh, I always like learning about you. I'm like a very personal person, you know. Yeah, me too. I really want to talk with you more, Prabhu. We should have a chat like outside. <laughs> yeah, podcast, you know, I feel like you know? podcast is like modern friendship you know like hey let's be friends and record it. <laughs> and I'm just like okay you know we can record it but i actually really just want to be your friend yeah <laughs> yeah i i really do okay anyway we'll we'll chat soon okay so you know i'm i'm on this whole theme of the bicycle and integrity right 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 bringing things into order so what i always say is that your mind is too big for your head and your heart is too big for your chest 
Mm. We have to get it out. Say that again. I was just busy writing a silly comment. Please say that again. <laughs> our minds are huge. They're too big for our heads. Oh my God, Prabhu. <laughs> and and yes. our hearts too. There's too much packed in there. It's like, have you ever owned a storage uh, unit and no. it's literally packed to the top, like all the way around? Oh, oh yeah, I've seen that. My dad is a hoarder. Yeah, yeah so, <laughs> like, imagine trying to go in there and organize it without taking anything out. Like, pet, like pets or something, mm. you know? Compared to if you can actually take things out and then sort them out and then put it back in. Mm. So, whether you're talking with a friend or you're journaling, that's what you're doing. You're getting it out so you can see what's there. You can be a little bit objective Ideally, you can be compassionate, caring, taking responsibility, having a vision for how you want to organize yourself and um, a way that will help you get to your goals and vision for a meaningful life. And then you bring it back. I just heard something very nice from you, at least about the uh, coming to our earlier question, the importance of journaling. It allows you to be objective. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, you can be compassionate following looking at the objects or the contents of the mind. And then you can become a leader for it to lead it in such a way that it doesn't sabotage your life, which is an amazing idea. So are, do you have like sort of questions that you prompt people? Questions are the seed of thought. Yeah, questions are, I have a lot of, I'm really into the whole question thing as a, as yeah, a theme too. or a topic, you know, I often yeah, share quotes about questioning. Yeah. I've been like finding books on questions lately and really thinking about it a lot. And that's usually my first step mm. is um, like, there's one thing to come up with good questions that can be asked of anyone, but right. it's another level to find someone's questions. And that's, that's something I really enjoy doing. It's just find someone's with, questions. What do you yeah. mean? About that? You know, someone's sharing their mind, their heart, and they kind of get to this point of uncertainty or just like the edge of their awareness or understanding. And they're like wanting to go further. And you're like, Hey, that's a question. Mm. There's a question right there. And all of our thinking is prompted by questions. Mm. And so if you can like identify the question and you work on that, it's like changing your DNA. Mm. You adjust okay, your okay, DNA, okay. your whole body's going to change. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot possible, of but that's the idea. No, no, that makes a lot of sense. Can you give a, a, a recent example from like maybe some counseling that you've done and just make the person anonymous somehow or other, or just like give us an example of how you've done that? Identifying the question. Yeah. Transformative thing. That's a tough question. My instinct is to kind of give some principles of how you would do that. Okay. Um, yeah, let's do that. You could also you could also apply it to me and my self absorption and sharing all my stuff on the show. Maybe that helps. I don't know. Like okay, maybe I, I said some really I said some things and then like yeah, like okay. you you could you can use can me. I reference our guided journaling? Yeah, totally. Okay. Um do you remember your original question? No. <laughs> okay. So what I remember is that you're feeling like splayed in your determination of wanting to have the strict program and be like 
really pocket devotee. Yeah. And then like also having this kind of dangerous side, like I want to get on a motorcycle. And I just want. To- oh my oh. god! I probably. S- yeah, yeah, I totally <laughs> said that. I said that before, didn't I? Yeah, you're looking at it right now, aren't you? <laughs> no, I'm remembering. You know. Oh my god, Rui, you have I such like great. Okay. <laughs> okay. 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 Continue. Yeah. Yeah, and then and then you're like, and there's this other side of me that's like a like a, a fucking scared little boy. Mm-hmm. And you use this really harsh language, and it really stood out to me. And we kind of explored those different sides of yourself. And then I said, well, what is this little boy needing? He said, like, care, compassion, love, acceptance. And I'm like, well, you're using such harsh, rejecting language to describe him. And then recognizing he has these deep needs. And that's mm-hmm. you. So, like, the question can start with, like, you know, how do I do my routine? You know, how do I force myself into these uh actions that i need to do and just like be like a perfect robot in behavior you know but as you go deeper and you integrate the different sides of yourself and accept them and take responsibility for them the question becomes like how do i take care of myself be satisfied while doing my routine you know how do i lead my myself when like i have a history of not being able to trust myself Like, say your discipline is working out, going to the gym, and every time you do it, you, like, tear yourself up. Like, you go too far. (laughs) Our mind's job is to protect us in a very survivalistic way. And so the mind's going to develop, like, a serious resistance to protect us from ourselves. (laughs) So it's just, like, it's, like, the law of personal nature like you have to follow your nature this is in the Bhagavad Gita it's a law of nature that you have to follow your nature Um, so we have to find a way to work with it to get where we want and not um, be tyrants to ourselves it seems that um because you were saying questions are the seed of thought, which is a very interesting statement that you made, which I think is true. And it seems that journaling somehow can help you to discover those questions. Yeah. And sometimes journaling is are is follows you know the follows the already like the identification of such a question, and now you're you're like writing about that and maybe exploring how to answer that in a deep way. Yeah, yeah, I I'm think just, an important principle for journaling is just always start with an intention. An intention. It gets boring and repetitive you get, and you lose the habit when you just sit down like I'm just gonna like write. Right, right, right. Prabhu, can you give us like can you give us kind of like a like a selection or like yeah, like a selection or a variety of potential intentions that we could have starting journaling? One is finding your questions. Okay. Um one is to Become conscious of the scripts that go through your head. Mm. Um, by that's a really good one. Power. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I guess that also like ties in with what you said about like that, like the dialogue between two sides of yourself. I feel that those two connect quite a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because that dialogue is so that dialogue is so repetitive. 
Yeah. I mean, it's, we're like talking about liberation here. Um, these Bruh. scripts in our head are tools. So like, you know, like the disciplinarian voice, like I'm going to do what I should. I'm going to force myself to do it. There's a place for that. Mm. Like you're at the end of your work week. You're just like totally spent, but you need to finish up. You can't just like leave your job disciplinarian. Like that's the time for it. You know, like you got a hammer, there's a nail, bam, hit it. But you can't be like just going with the hammer all the time. Mm. You need different tools to build what you need to build. And you need to separate yourself as a conscious being and knowing what you're doing mm. and when you're using these tools. So there's, there's a time to be perfectionistic. There's a time to be like just pushing through. And there's a time to be like really sensitive and giving space and understanding. Yeah. Yeah. Just the thing is like we, we are all at the end of the day, we're all completely like personally responsible. Like it's every person's responsibility to like develop the discretion to know when to utilize these various sides of ourselves, the perfectionist, the disciplinarian, the, the whatever, the adventurer, whatever it may be. Like we all have to develop that, but it just like, it's like, and, and, and so you're, you're fundamentally alone in one sense. And there's like, that's like, like, that's where you're at and your decisions because there's, it can almost feel arbitrary. Like you could live in this place. You could be in Miami or San Francisco or New York or Beijing. Like those are all like, I mean, if you're not just considering your capacity, like those are all options or even like yeah. I can marry this person versus this person. Like you could go either way. Hmm. It's not like a, a school test where it's like answer, you know, bubble A is the right answer. I'm going to get the points. The other three, I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like you're like struggling with that. Totally. <laughs> anyway, like, you know, Kamini was just saying just now, it's all coming out now. Karina, it it kind of is. And like, I don't really mind. I'm like, I'm one of those people. I, I really don't. I just don't mind. Um, but anyway, I, I still like Jai wants to talk about journaling and I feel we shouldn't make this too much about me. So, um, yeah, Damandar, we'll, we'll we're talk. like journaling out loud as we're talking. About <laughs> yeah, we're journaling out loud. I just oh, well. like naturally like sink into coach mode, you know, like <laughs> totally. Enjoy it. totally. You know, I love doing it. I'm really interested in people. It, I we have we came across this statement that it takes a whole village, so to speak, to organize a mind, mm. which uh, I also appreciate. So a lot of times, a lot of the chaos in the mind does come to order by conversation, as such. Yeah. And I am zooming in on the journaling because I just like to stick to theme, but um, I'm not at all minding the, the personal coaching session that's going on also. <laughs> <laughs> I can't help it. Uh, yeah, I was, no, that is, I mean, it's cool. It's something <laughs> I, wanna, I guess I, just coming, I don't know, towards the end soon, but I, I'm curious how to start and how to keep it up because I've started journaling many times over the last two years and yeah. i had periods i think the longest period that i kept it up was about four months three or four months and that's how i was kind of doing like a free like a free what do you call it open 
uh, like free journaling where you could just like just kind of write whatever yeah. comes to the mind. Yeah. And um, I would like always stream of consciousness. Yeah, exactly. And I always like I would I would always start off dear Krishna and mm. then just let the stream of thought. And I really I used to call it as a mind dump or a psychic evacuation because it actually very much felt like that, like yeah. stuff is coming out. And as you yeah. said, allowed, going back and reading it, I was allowed to be kind of objective and, you know, compassionate. I'm not, anyway, I can be a little hard on myself, but, and then kind of like see what I needed to do with that, so to speak. Yeah. But then after That's four like months, I wasn't able to keep it up. Sorry to interrupt for one moment. Yeah. But, you know, I gave that uh, analogy of having a storage unit. Right. That's like the part where you're just like, okay, I'm taking everything out. Right, 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 right. right. Okay. I like that. But so you don't leave it there. <laughs> I think that's where we get stuck. Is we're like, that's oh, journaling means stuck. you just like sit down and like write your thoughts. It's like, okay, we just take stuff out, take stuff out, and eventually you're like, okay, like we got to get into phase two here. Right. So what What's is next? what what is I guess what is phase two? And I, my question was also stemming from like probably because I didn't have a phase two. After four months, it was just like, you know, like you, especially when you're doing free writing like that or what do you call that free hand free stream of uh, stream of consciousness consciousness yeah. so yeah. especially with that a lot of the thoughts can get repetitive especially if you're doing it every yeah. day i was doing it every day for like four months so it's like the same sort of stuff coming up over and over again yeah i didn't exactly have a phase two like actionable items and so it just faded into yeah. oblivion so that's where the, the mindfulness comes in and it's that we are the beings that respond to our thoughts Mm. like we have so many thoughts but then we're deciding which ones to act on and how mm. and so that phase one is like um i'd even say phase one is the question or the okay intention. like you start with the question or an intention for yourself mm. and then you like vent you like just really get it all out and then you come back and you'd say okay how do I respond to this? What are my thoughts and feelings about my thoughts and feelings? Mm. <laughs> right. Um, and you can separate those things too. Just like you can also separate facts and interpretations. Mm. Like if you're describing something that happened, you know, it, a lot of times we use like loaded language, like, well, he, you know, I was giving class and he just walked in and like screwed me over, took in over uh, all the attention in the room and like he's a jerk and like he just wanted to, and like we don't know the person's intentions. Or right. So we just like, okay, here's the facts. Here's how I interpret it. Mm. And you really look at your interpretations because that's where we go off. <laughs> so with this... um. So you, let's say you call it phase one as like question or intention. Phase two is like the stream of consciousness, let it all out, venting sort of thing. And then phase two, responding to that. What are my thoughts and feelings about my thoughts and feelings? Right. And I guess it has to transform into action at some point. Like if you if you come to the point of what are my thoughts and feelings about my thoughts and feelings, then from that point, there has to be a transition to some sort of action in order for it, the whole process to be consecrated, so to speak. I like to um, approach action from identity. Mm. Um, developing your sense of self and purpose, and then you're directing your actions from that. 
Like, I am a clean, confident, purposeful man. Mm. Now, how do I act like that? So that means, and that when you're journaling about that, you, when we're coming to responding and transforming that into action, we should maybe lead with another question about how I'm looking at identity to understand yeah. how we might. Well, the nature of children is they can go in any direction, you know, uh, and, or even like drama, you can become anything. So similarly, like we can act any way we want and from day to day you can change, like showing up in different ways. Right. But as you mature and get older, you get kind of like some sutras or some experiences that are like, okay, this is who I am and who I'm choosing to be. Mm. And I'm going to be consistent with that. And then other people can be like, oh yeah, that's, that's who that guy is, you know? Not just like that's who that guy was for a minute. All right. Corona Avatar, you all right, bro? What's going on with your eyes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, no, I have this like really absurd uh, affliction where um, my eyes just like arbitrarily start start burning very intensely. I don't know if they get dry or if they like, I'm not crying, I promise. But if like, if I were crying, I would totally just cry. Like, I don't care. But just, uh, yeah, my eyes start burning. So like right now I'm just dealing with my right. Like usually I just have to keep it closed. So I, I probably look like terrible. But anyway, just I'm totally with you guys. Um, just continue. <laughs> that that was that was great. I I'm gonna totally rehear this episode just to um, get all the things again. I have I've come to the end of my questions. I guess I do have a final thing about. Got some examples. Yeah, that's that was gonna be my final thing. I wanted to hear about just transformation in your maybe in your own life or in the life of your clients. You know, from this process, like how it has really helped them because. You know, we need positive reinforcement for doing, taking up something like this on a regular, as a regular, some that we want to engage with. Yeah. To what extent, Prabhu, do you feel like you've broken through? <laughs> I can feel like i've been stuck in a blackberry bush and you know there's so many thorns and it's so chaotic and you know you try to pull one way and the more you pull you just get Ooh. Uh, um and i really feel like there's the opening now and i just have to like it's like conscious competence like i can move freely but I really have to take good care of myself mm. and focus and guard my intentions. Wow. I really like that. Guard your intentions. Guard your intentions. Can you, can you just like expand on that a little? This is one of my most important spiritual practices and mm. it's just, um, like in the Bible, they say, guard your heart above all things because everything you do flows from it. Mm. So I might be doing something wow. externally that's like really important or really um, special, like a special service, you know? And the heart can shift in a moment from like, I'm doing this for service. I'm doing this actually for the benefit of myself and others to 
I'm gratifying my ego. And so a big practice for me is to just sit down and from my heart really pray for the Lord to guard my intentions in serving and being sincere and benefiting myself and others. That's super powerful. No, I feel like that. That's a yeah. That's a really. Uh, that's also a really wonderful um, prayer method methodology. Oh Lord, guard my intentions. You have? Did you want to share something? You pulled up all these books we just saw. Yeah. Journals. So, like, this is my Sadhana journal. This and is crazy. I mean, it's not crazy, but it, how long have you been keeping this journal? You told me. I started in 2013. That's wild. So, Thanks, bro. July 2013. Like, I can tell you, like, how many rounds I chanted each day. And, Whoa. Um, so I track, like, how many rounds, my reading, what time I wake up and go to bed. And then I just, like, write a few words each day. Like, Today That's... I was on the Honest Man's podcast, and it's really practical because, like, sometimes you have to be like, "Oh, this is when I move from this state to this state, or this is when I quit this job," uh, so I can reference all those things. But also, like, I can just like get a snapshot, uh, like a a snapshot of like an entire month on one page from any year of the last seven years, and um, <laughs> that was pretty fun. Yeah, at one point I like sat down and went through it all, and I was like, "Okay, here's what I achieved each year, and here's what I want to achieve this year." Mm. It gives me a sense of like what I can do in a year, and it's also kind of accountability to myself. That's epic. Okay, what, what are the what, others? Yeah, there's some other ones, some really far out ones. <laughs> and then like, um, I've got art journals, and this one's actually from high school. Um, recently I took, uh, a class with Rukmini Podar, you know, draw your feelings. Oh my yeah. God. I did that with her also a few months ago. That was one of the best things I've ever done on a practical level. I just want to, I, I guess, a plug or a shout out. Rukmini Potter is amazing and her work is absolutely amazing. Yeah. Very insightful. Yeah. So at rock and Rooksy on Instagram, y'all. <laughs> So okay. also drawing, um, I don't know how much I want to share. This is like high school <laughs> stuff, you know. Here's like a Egyptian drawing. <laughs> or a, uh, I was kind like of really at ancient Egypt, like from my childhood. But, <laughs> or even like I got some Sanskrit there. <laughs> but, you know, it really like images and words are a big part of the mind you know i also write down my dreams mm. uh, I do that on my phone. like like mm -hmm. religiously no when they really stand out to me okay. Mm. okay like last night i dreamt that i was late for school and then i was driving there and i had narayan maharaj with me in the car <laughs> oh my god that's amazing and i was like so split about what to do because it's like <laughs> you know yeah, yeah. Do you yeah, hang out with Narayan Maharaj or go to school? Going in different directions, you know. Mm. Wow, bro. What do you think that means in your life right now? 
well it's probably like my mind's symbolic language of like um feeling behind uh, a little bit in my life as i'm trying to do too much i'm like too excited uh, and taking on too much and then my spiritual life is like hey i'm here you know like yeah 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 well man i really resonate with you so much <laughs> Oh, it's just about being open, you know, like we're the most alike on the inside. So when you're mm. open, like people can just relate. Mm. What is that's one of your lines that's that your really quotes, stuck right? with me. Yeah, yeah. What is what is most personal what is most personal is, is most also personal. most yeah, I thought we were gonna say it together. <laughs> <laughs> let's try, let's try. What's most personal? Sorry. Okay. Jai Prabhu's. Um, Damodar Prabhu, did you have other journals that you wanted to share with us? Yeah, I also have like theme journals. Like my um, closest parent figure was my grandfather and he passed away last year. Mm. So I, I started this one to just process my grieving around that. And it's like a journal specifically committed to that purpose um and this one was like just like for my like realizations i this is really old but i remember a couple years ago i found this and i started reading through it and i was like man i didn't act on these realizations mm. i think that's also a lot of the value of uh, journaling something else i do is i have a life vision powerpoint and it's like just about like what makes me who I am, my life purposes, what I want to do, what I like, what I value. And I try to return to that and remind myself because I really believe we all have the capacity for all the inspiration and insight we need for a really meaningful and fulfilling life. Mm. It's just a matter of like extracting it. You know, like the demons, demigods are churning the milk ocean and there's like poison coming out and there's like nectar coming out. And then they kept the nectar in a pot and they got rid of the poison by Shiva drinking it. So it's like, you gotta, you gotta churn the mind, pull out the realizations and then write them down mm. and remind yourself, keep coming back to it. Can you share the first realization that you wrote down in that book? <laughs> <laughs> I'm well, dark. I'm I don't even dark. know what it's going to say, okay? I'm, like, taking a risk here. Yeah, yeah. That's great. The soul can be understood by logic, inferred by experience, and realized subjectively by appropriate means. It cannot be seen, heard, smelt, touched, or tasted. Oh. Krishna is the original cause and also the active cause of all effects at every moment. He is the essence of all goodness, truth, and beauty, and simultaneously existing in his eternal form, Characterized by ever brilliant omnipotence and ever increasing fresh bliss, he is the supreme being, the Godhead. No one is equal to or greater than him in influence, power, fame, beauty, knowledge, or self-satisfaction. Nice textbook, like very textbook. Yeah, <laughs> realization. I suspect as if as if you were to go through the whole journal, it would well, probably become start. more deeply subjective. Like we were talking about prayer earlier, and like right. being normal. Right. Yeah. And like the traditions, you always start with prayer. Like if you're addressing God, you always start with praise and appreciation. Right. And then you speak frankly. Mm. 
um, because that's where we're at, you know. What was the last realization that you wrote down, Prabhu? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you don't have to share if it's too personal. It's okay. Maya tries to make one settle for less, but Krishna is so kind, he pushes us forward. I'm kind of reminded of um, Meditations by Marcus Aurelius. Yeah. Um, and he never I really need to read that. He never Stoicism is coming up. Yeah. yeah. But that was like, it's like where he recorded the realizations that he wanted to act on and the mm -hmm. person he wanted to be. And it was really just between him and himself. It was never meant for publication. So that's... Um, this may be the final part of journaling is like after you've identified your questions, you've vented, you talk with friends, you process things, decide how you want to respond to it, who you want to be. You can write down like, okay, like here's my decisions. You know, mm. when this situation comes up, I'm going to do this, you know, um, this is the direction I'm going to go in with my life. And I like that. This is what I value. And you write it down and you, and you keep it and you, and you return to it and meditate on it. That's kind of connects to your theme of guard your intentions. Yeah. You know, and I really like that journaling. Well, I've done all this whole process now and then have my journal decisions and that's what I'm going to act on. I really, yeah. I'm, I'm just realizing now that it's like the perfect way, actually, it's the perfect practice to make yourself accountable to yourself because like, you're the mm. one who wrote it down. Like, you know that you realize that it's standing there, pen on paper, boom. Like, you can't get away from it. It's really good. Really good. I got a lot out of this podcast. I know we had a in between sort of coaching session with Karuna Avatar, which is also well appreciated. Um, we have a little comment here joking inside your willingness to share your vulnerability is inspiring, helps us to look inward. So it was well appreciated, Karuna Avatar. <clears throat> I have a very methodical way of thinking and also a very methodical way of speaking when I'm presenting ideas and so on. So, you know, this episode was like not as methodical as I would have liked, but I got all the stuff that I would want to get out of a podcast of this nature. And I'm going to organize them methodically. <laughs> yeah. well, actually, because I mean, Domino, you've actually shared some really, really amazing ideas throughout the course of this discussion. Um, actually, I have at least six or seven major ideas that I got out of this, which is too much to recap now. I've <laughs> so yes, Damodar has this. Um, this is his website, also right, CoachDamodar.com. He's, um, you know, I have to full disclosure. When I first started interacting with you, I just thought you were a little weird. I was just like, you like mood wise. I just thought this guy is kind of weird. But then when I actually started to, engage what do you mean by weird though? Like, what was weird? Uh, it's just, it's more like a, it's just like a first impression sort of thing, right? I wasn't so sure about you and I was being kind of intense. Perhaps, maybe that's what it is. And I'm I also do that. Like when I'm unsure about someone, then I like overcompensate by being like super extra. And well, maybe I reciprocated <laughs> that energy and was just like, okay, this guy's a little weird. We're but after, each other out. after engaging with you, especially over the course of the last year, actually, um, I'm very much 
I very much kind of my appreciation for you is deepening more and more and more. And just your way of thinking, you're very sober, which I really appreciate about anyone because I'm not very sober for the most part. I have a stoicism to me when I, in my way of thinking and, and engaging, but I'm not very you sober all the like, time. You want to make people comfortable and right. make things light. Yes, that's my, my general habit. But you have a sort of sobriety about you. Anyway, so just sharing some personal, a lot of appreciation for you is coming from me increasingly as I engage with you more. And from yeah. this episode, you've shared a lot of amazing thoughts that's really made me appreciate this whole idea of journaling a lot more. I'm going to organize it methodically so I can really, because that just helps me to assimilate ideas. The, the yeah. method helps me to assimilate. I hope you all yeah. send that to me. I'll be eager to Yeah. It. Okay, I'll share that with you. But I just wanted to say thank you. Um, you shared some last, some really good stuff you know, here. In my writing or speaking, I'll share certain ideas. Yeah. But it's when I hear it come back to me from someone who's put it into practice, that it's most rich. Yes. Like I was. I remember. So talking. satisfying. So satisfying. So I'll try to practice also. Then I'm going to try to apply this after I assimilate it. And uh, for myself, and like I said, because I'm starting to engage with a lot more guys um, yeah. and I want to be able to offer something in this regard also. So I think it could be useful for me. What thank were you, you saying, so Damodarji? He, he was uh, still saying something. Thank you. I was uh, talking with, I'm start. reminded of speaking with a client. It's on the theme of realizations coming back. Mm -hmm. And he was talking about um, like he had just been like going into old habits of like spacing out after work, watching TV. And he was like sitting there doing it. And he's like, you know, I'm worth more than this. Bro. Yeah. I did exactly the same thing last night and thought exactly the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm <Good> serious. <laughs> that was a, Boom. Bump. a little awkward, but okay. Yeah. So it's like, you know, that's like one of my ideas and like it was coming back and I was like, wow, that is so like, hitting my deepest like needs and like really fulfilling joy joy yeah this was this was really incredible damodar prabhu we're, we're definitely going to talk soon um and i'm actually really happy that it worked out this way that chaitanya charan prabhu wasn't here because i feel like actually you both in your own way have so much to share and i realized it at the very beginning of the podcast i was like oh my god we're not going to do justice to these guys having them both on the show today like i really felt that i was like this is actually a tragedy so maybe my 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 intention like and prolific yeah yeah like and we're gonna yeah. hear that like when he comes definitely and i'm sure he'll agree because you know the internet failed on his side so mm -hmm. um so we'll just we'll we'll have that happen but yeah Pruitt, it was incredible being with you Thank coach you so damudar coach yeah yeah coach damudar.com <laughs> there we go like he's got subscribe. it <laughs> prabhu i do feel though like you could you could make it a little nicer you know get like a nice piece of paper and like like a fancy <laughs> font you know like I'm just okay. I'm 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 aesthetic like, I'm aesthetic. Like, taking notes, you know. Here's like where I'm like taking notes as I talk with people. It's just oh okay yeah, okay. I'll okay. work on it. You can print because you dress so nicely. So I know that you have aesthetic sense. So like if you like <laughs> if you advertise yourself, then you can also like you know make the paper. I nice. like anyway. logo. I was actually thinking about asking about the meaning of your logo. Oh Chaitanya, what's his name? Yeah, yeah Chaitanya. I get, I can get you in touch with them. Yeah, he's great. He did a really nice logo. Um, 
so yeah, that's the story. If anyone wants to get in touch with us, I haven't said this for a while. And no one, yeah, no, sometimes people, ariseheroicman at gmail.com. Um, and then there's also uh, at ariseheroicman on Instagram. We also have a Facebook page, but there's not much going on on the Facebook page yet. We'll, we'll get to that. And uh, ariseman.net if you want to subscribe to our newsletter. And um, yeah, Kamania, I really agree with that. I really agree with that. We'll maybe take that as a mood going on. Yeah, Damodar Prabhu, we'll have you back shortly for sure. Um, next week, we have on Monday, everyone take note that on Monday at 12.15, uh, Damodar Prabhu, can you put your uh, your uh, website in the chat there? Um, Coming in as hard again. No, no. <laughs> What do you I'm want sorry, me to do? <laughs> you know, put your website in the chat. Um, Kamania was just asking if you could if you could do that. I I oh, guess Jai okay. can also do it, because I'm just telling everyone about our our, our podcast uh, next week. So it's going to be on Monday, not Tuesday, because Tuesday is the Shingarev Charter Dasi. So we're not going to do it then. So Monday at twelve fifteen, so fifteen minutes past noon, and we're going to be speaking with Radhi Kesh Prabhu, uh, Dr. Radhi Kesh Prabhu, who's an astrologer, really, really amazing astrologer. Um, he's going to be doing a reading for me this week, so I'll share my testimony. Jai's going to have some great questions, and Mahatma Prabhu is also going to be with us. Um, uh, yeah, also, also be present to ask him a question. So we'll really get into astrology. Like, is astrology bona fide? Is it what Shri Prabhupada wanted? Um, anyway, we'll think of a cool title. And um, yeah, that's next week. And then shortly, we'll have Chaitanya Charan Prabhu back. And then we're also going to be having Kripa Moy Prabhu, Janavi's dad and his wife for conscious relationships. That's coming up shortly. Um, thank you so much, Kamaniya uh, Madhuji, for being so helpful in the chat there um and and it's so lovely like Kamania is always like so conscious like just like the way that she comments and the way she asks questions and just like i really like her thank you for coming Kamania and everyone else and uh we'll be back next week jai ho thank Haribo. you thank you for having me great to connect with okay. you guys jai ho just stay on for a sec okay